0: All right. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. Time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to tell you, you notice something different on the introduction today. We are doing this retro movie review in conjunction with upstream reviews where uh, I write um, book reviews of all things good and awesome because we ain't got time for bad books, right? So you just put them down and move on to the next thing. Uh, they, they wanted to do some movie reviews, so we figured we'd partner up because we are going to do this anyway. Uh, might as well get some more eyeballs on it because why not? So, with that being said, we do have a returning guest, Mr. Michael M.D. Ortiz, visiting us today. I probably pronounced everything wrong, but we'll go with no, it.
1: You did fine. You did fine. Okay.
0: I get a gold star, Nick. Mark Ooh, that on your calendar. Uh, so, can you introduce yourself if people haven't watched the episode where you told us about your amazing Donward universe?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi. I'm uh, Mike M.D. Ortiz. Um the uh, creator and one of the writers for the Dawnward universe, which is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi universe um, centers on, you know, mega corporations and super soldiers and all sorts of crazy nonsense. And uh, yeah, here I am to talk about good old forbidden planet. Cause it's awesome.
0: So we were going to have you back just to do anything to BS because, you know, we want people to know who you are so they can buy your book when it comes out. Uh, and full disclosure, I did beta read it. It was awesome. Um, but when we were having that conversation about things you might be passionate about and your schedule, you were talking about some of the classics you saw to include forbidden planet and the black hole. And I don't know if you know this, but Madam Stabby, our new reoccurring co-host, is a fanatic of all things, horror. Uh, She stabs her husband just to get into the mood when she's going to watch like Freddy Krueger and stuff. Um, She just just randomly stabs people that, you know, to to feel the action. Joke's on her. I'm
2: into that shit.
0: <laughs> Some people call it attempted murder. We call it method acting. Whatever.
1: Or a Friday night.
0: Or Friday night. Or so anyway, so so when you suggested the Forbidden Planet, Stabby was like, yes. Before I could say, do we even want to do this? She was like, yes. And I started, she goes, no, you don't understand, JR. Yes. I'm so, here we are. So uh, with that being said, for those of you who don't know what Forbidden Planet is, it's a uh, 1956 uh, Oh, no, hold on. Religion question, because we've, we've changed it up a little bit. Uh, Stabby's going to get mad if we don't ask her new religion question, all right? But first, since you were here last time, uh, Stargate, Space
1: 1999, or Babylon 5? Ooh, Ooh that is tough. It's going to be Stargate. I did actually grow up watching Space 1999 because my dad adored it. Um, I never super watched a lot of Babylon 5. I'm just not going to lie. It it came out in a weird time where I just wasn't really into or was watching a lot of television. But, uh, yeah, Stargate, definitely. S- like the movie, SG-1, Atlantis. I never watched Universe, but I wanted to. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. My brother and his wife actually, at some point in early in their relationship, he got super sick and she was babysitting him, basically. And they just watched season after season of it. And that was the sign. It was true love. So.
0: That's how you know you got to marry her. So uh, because we're polytheistic, we're going to go old school for you because you have a lot of tastes that date predate your birth. So Camelot, the 1967 movie. Okay. Sword in the Stone, the Disney 63 movie. Or Captain Nemo came out in 69.
1: Ooh. I mean, I grew up watching The Sword in the Stone a lot. That was one of our – we actually had this discussion recently with my siblings. We were like, what Disney movies did we watch a ton of? And that was one of them. Um, the Camelot – Film will always have a special place in my heart because that's the one with with O Fortuna, isn't it? it Where is. They use yeah, and I I watched that when I was like thirteen, and it blew my mind because that score was just epic as hell. I think Helen Mirren is 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 Morgana in that, right?
0: I uh, think so. Helen, I have to,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that movie's great. So, but just going off of things that I've seen the most in my life, it's probably going to be Sword of the Stone.
0: All right, and we've got a new religion question. This is very important. Stabby says she will kick you off the show for the wrong answer. We are civilized people here, not just knuckle-dragging troglodytes. So, coffee or tea? I drink tea. What? Okay, how do you take it?
1: Uh, Depending on the type of tea. If it's green, I usually put honey in it. If it's black, I'll put a little milk in it.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So... um, I, I've been known we to drink.
3: your answer.
1: <laughs> I've been known to drink a dirty chai, but I don't. I'm not crazy on coffee, unfortunately. It's the That's more for you. It's more for you guys. So, so
0: how did you survive in the army when the MRE packets came with coffee, not tea?
1: I would trade it away. So I, was what, also, what? I was also young enough that like caffeine wasn't like I was like yeah, let's just go do things, you know? Because I'm I'm yeah. young and, and invincible, and now I wake up and I'm like, good god, I need a rock star. Uh we got a fridge
0: stock yeah. with the monsters. Yeah. My, my, uh, my son's preparing for high school, and he asked me, what do you miss the most about being, when you were my age, and I'm like, back pain not being a thing? Yeah, that would be nice. And not paying bills. And yeah. no bills was also kind of nice. So, All right. So as we mentioned uh, before we got sidetracked, we are here to review Forbidden Planet, which was a 1956 uh, American science fiction put out by MGM. Bonus points if you know what that stands for.
1: Metro, Metro, Golden, Goldwyn, and Meyer. Meyer.
0: Yes, well done. And in, in duo. So we got like a Surround Studio here going, Surround Sound. Um, Nick,
1: Nick knew the answer. I was just there to be his, his chili. He's there song. to back me up, and I was yeah. going to back him up, and then yeah. Stabby was going to
2: back us up because she probably made five room GM Hotel.
1: At yeah.
0: One point uh, so this was produced by Nicholas Nafak uh, and directed by the famous Fred Wilcox. Um, based on the original scoring of Irving Irving block and Alan Adler. um, I just went to Google for that people. So I'm not that smart. Uh, (laughs) It stars Walter pigeon and Francis and Leslie Nielsen. And surprisingly, Leslie Nielsen wasn't the comedic effect this time. This was when he did serious method acting.
2: Yeah. This is when he was a serious actor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Surely you don't mean. Yeah. (laughs) It was shot in Eastman color. And I don't know what that means. Uh, and cinema scope or cinema scope, but it was it was you know product of its time. Uh, and it was the precursor. this is what's the important part. It's a precursor to a lot of the early science fiction to include the iconic early Trek in season one. Um you can see some of the similarities if you watched uh, the first couple episodes of Star Trek, the original series, and this, and you can definitely see some of the inspiration that uh, Tr- Roddenberry took um the characters are isolated in setting so it has been compared to william shakespeare's the tempest um i I get because of that isolation there's certain analog analogs to it um but i I don't know that it was tight enough for me to call it that what did you guys you could you see it as the tempest
1: i can understand the comparison um i think it's a very loose (laughs) adaptation very loose yeah very loose but
2: you know i guess you could see similarities like like y'all were saying.
0: But. So for those that you care is released on March 3rd, 1956 with a runtime of 98 minutes. That was back before they bored you with hours of extra stuff in movies. You didn't really need just so they could charge the studios more. Uh, and if you do want to get it, it is available on Amazon for nine 99. If you get the DVD, Nick, you rented it for what? Four bucks, five bucks.
2: Uh, Yeah. It was like four or five bucks.
0: Yeah. um, I don't know if that's public domain. It's been archived on archive.ai. If it's public domain, go look at it there. It's free. If it's not public domain, piracy is bad. Are we covered, Mr. Law Enforcement Man?
2: Yeah. If it's not public domain yet, it will be in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, it's close if it's not. I don't know. The House of the Mouse keeps changing those laws, so it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. They got to protect their old stuff. So... Um, for ad copy, I really couldn't find any of the original ad copy because normally we'd read you the like the essentially the blurb, um, and because Roby the Robbie the robot was so I keep saying Roby Robbie, Robbie the robot was so popular, uh, it ended up being repurposed that design for like Lost in Space, uh, and a yeah. few other of the iconic. So all of the new marketing when they talk about the show, all of this like Robbie the robot, like he was not supposed to be a main character. So I don't know what the original ad copy was, but. Um, yeah, so I, c- I can't really give you the the summary other than what we've done. Um, so instead, we're going to play the movie trailer. Are you guys ready for this? And then you can comment on ready. what you thought. Oh, man. All right. So the Let's movie trailer. This. And go!
4: as one of the crew of this faster than light spaceship of the future sharing their curiosity to know the unknown their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Sir we're being radar scanned. United Planets cruiser C 57D J.J. Adams commanding who are you?
5: Morbius of the Bellerophon.
4: Dr. Morbius my orders are to survey the situation on Altair 4.
5: Commander, if you sat down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the Forbidden Planet, you will meet Dr.
4: Morbius, played by Walter Pigeon. The doctor is sole owner of this fabulous world. Anne Francis is his alluring daughter, Alta, who has never seen a young man till she meets Commander Adams, played by talented Leslie Nielsen.
5: Come on in. Didn't
4: bring my bathing suit
5: what's a bathing suit
4: oh murder you will meet a charming character in the robot able to produce on order 10 tons of lead or a slinky evening gown always at your service
5: it must be the loveliest softest thing you've ever made for me and fit in all the right places with lots and lots of star sapphires
4: star sapphires take a week to crystallize properly wood diamond or emeralds too You explore all the wonders of a vanished civilization. You travel deep down into the heart of the forbidden planet to discover the incredible marvels of this lost genius race. These magnificent scenes in striking Eastman color stagger the imagination. 20 miles.
5: Look down, gentlemen, are you afraid? 7,800 levels.
4: Yet the wonders of the planet Altair IV conceal a strange and evil force, unknown, irresistible.
0: Holy shnikes, Those um, trailers were longer back then,
2: like half the movie.
0: <laughs> so first, uh, it was definitely—I I didn't catch it at first, but that—that uh, that scroll thing—that's what George Lucas did. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was the first one to do that.
1: It's like old space serial mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: A lot of his inspirations came from this movie and a bunch of stuff from the fifties.
0: Okay, so. Uh, would you, uh, would you be inspired to watch the movie based on that? In
2: 1956? Yeah. yeah
1: probably.
2: <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's probably like the first time, you know, in 1977 when someone saw a trailer for Star Wars, cause that's what I kind of yeah. compare it to like Forbidden Planet is the Star Wars of the fifties. I mean, it, 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 the story was okay. It was believable. It made me want to get on the ride, but the special effects, the, uh, cost no well, I guess you not really cost me but the uh the set pieces all that stuff was way ahead of anything else being done in the nineteen fifties. Usually you still saw the strings on the saucer just you didn't get that. oh
0: so so you want to know the story behind that I watched the making of when I was prepping for this. Apparently they hired this straight out of schooling engineer to do their sound stage and to do all of the the prep work. And uh-huh. he knew they would never fund everything that he wanted to do because he had visions the to innovate. So he built half of it. And when they finally caught on to how much money he was spending, they had to finish it or it was all a waste. So he basically did what the air force does where they build the MWR type facilities 1st yeah. And like, what do you mean? You're not going to let us build a runway on an air force base. So he, they, they outsmarted the beam counters and you I, got I kind it. of, I love it. It.
2: <laughs> I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. It was, it was kind of amazing. Cause you know, the scenes, if you look throughout the movie it doesn't feel like it's a soundstage where everything's cut up, and you could be like, "Oh, okay," because they're only showing you this angle, so they could film it. Like, you know, it, it felt a lot bigger. It's because it was. But uh, what about you, Ortiz? Would it uh, would it sell you on the movie?
1: I mean, again, in 1956, it probably would have blown my child mind. But now, obviously, you just watch it with a grain of cheese. Um, but I, I mean, I will say that, you know, like the effects they're old, but they're still pretty impressive. Like, just watching that trailer, like, reminded me where there's sequences that I was like, you know, you can tell it's a matte painting or whatever, but it looks really good. And I think that Nick is right where he kind of compared it to Star Wars, where a lot of sci-fi of the era was this, like, cheap, just garbage. And this feels like a lot of effort was put into it.
0: At the time this was made, most science fiction movies, um, it was all about, like, the bug menace and it was just so farcical and comical and so that's one of the things i liked about this movie and i even mentioned it later in my notes was how like close to like they played it straight like they played it serious uh and that was one of the things the director said this isn't like comic relief we're not gag central like we're we're doing this like it's real and everyone took him for his word and you got like top-notch i think acting Uh, i would argue that some of the acting we saw in this movie was better than what we get out of modern hollywood although the Bar's not that high for that. <laughs> and and the funny thing was when they did the kiss scenes and I'm like, you know, because of the, the morality sensors of the day, they're not really so much kissing as they're bumping their lips against each other and twisting their, like if you try to do that for real, like the girl's going to punch you. Cause that's, that's yeah. nothing. That's like what you make. The girls used to make their Barbies do or something. It, it was comical to watch that compared to, yeah. <laughs> compared to what you see now. See, are you laughing? It. Cause you did that stabby with your Barbies.
3: I didn't own Barbies, I own G.I. Joe's, but that so, was you really...
1: make that what the G.I. Joe's do as well?
5: Yeah.
3: No, um, there was only somebody that bought me a Barbie, I was the only girl in my family, I have six brothers, um, and all my cousins were boys at the, that point in time, I didn't get my female cousins till much later in life, but... They would buy me Barbies because you're a girl. You should be playing with Barbies. And next thing you know, my mom would walk into the room. My Barbies would be bald and, you know, in camo because they needed to go off to war with G.I. That's
1: right.
0: That's right. G.I. Jane's got to work. Yeah. You you have
3: things to do. Go. Well, the good good
0: news is, Sabby, when you didn't have the Barbies for the romance scenes, you did have the sailor. So Hello. I mean, that's what shipwreck was for. <laughs> <laughs> Poor shipwreck. Oh, he was rocking those dungarees, though. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. So I I thought the uh, the trailer was pretty well done. Uh, it was in keeping with everything I've seen. Uh, I took a course in college the history of film, uh, and it was kind of an on in line with what was what ad copy was doing back then. Um. So I I I liked it. I think it holds up too. Uh. It it. One of the movies that surprises me that it holds up so well is Jurassic Park, even three years later. This kind of gave me that same vibe. Like, I know it was old. I know they could probably do it better, but it still held up.
2: Yeah, Uh, We watched the Meg today, and there was, like, a prehistoric scene. I was like, man, this CGI is some bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, It's not even, like, Jurassic Park 1993 levels. It It was worse. It was bad.
0: I think Jurassic Park was more animatronics than it was CGI. It was a combo, but so I think there's a tendency when you rely too heavily on CGI that you forget that to do the acting part because you're letting the explosions and the shiny do the work for you. And when you yeah. don't have that, you've got to sell it. I'll, I'll stand on the, the ground of one of the scariest movies I've ever seen was the black and white version of Hitchcock's The Birds, and it was. I mean, you wouldn't think birds flying at you were that scary, but it was because of the dramatic action, the sound score in the background, the actors actually—I don't know—acting instead of
1: telling Getting us real birds thrown at them. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> some yeah. some of what the actors did for effects. Well, like we're not going to tell you someone's going to murder you or try to murder you in the scene because we want you to really be afraid.
4: Uh, well, Hitchcock
0: famously
1: yeah. said, "Actors are cattle." So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I understand him more and more the more Hollywood keeps going the way they're going. H- Hitchcock starts making more sense. So, who did you guys see as the main characters for this? Do you think it was one? Was it an ensemble?
2: Uh, definitely the captain. Um, he was a main character in uh, Alta, Ada. name. Alta. And then, uh, of course, her father. And then the. Uh, the unseen evil out in the dark.
0: Bum, bum, bum.
2: Which was really cool because I classify this as space horror, even though it's old. You know, it's not event horizon, but it's it's still pretty good within that subgenre.
1: I mean it scared me pretty good when I first saw it as a kid. That because yeah, there's something about something you can't see that's unstoppable that yeah kind of gets at you and then when the monster is revealed it's it's even more a little bit scary because you're like oh shit (laughs) it's
2: like like, damn it was scary in my head and then they made it real and it's scarier
0: (laughs) so yeah i I definitely agree with ulta i mean you know she was the eye candy
1: yeah apparently Um, the movie was banned in certain places because of how short they made her skirts
0: and this was before, and I actually mentioned that in, later in the uh, in my review notes too. Was she did the miniskirt before the mini skirt was popular? Because you know this this aired in '56. They didn't; those didn't become big until the '60s, mid '60s at that. Yeah. yeah. So she was definitely they were groundbreaking in a lot of things, including fashion. So
3: and controversial. They,
0: well, they did it that way because they wanted it to seem otherworldly, like they didn't want it to feel like just another outfit that girls were wearing now.
1: Right. Um,
0: right. So they went for shocking. Um, uh, I would say I, I felt like the uh, United Planets Starship C57 Delta Cruiser was uh, was kind of a character, too, the setting. Uh, I, I found it strange that they didn't name the ship. That's true. Um, they just luck. gave the numbers. What's bad luck? To not name
2: your ship. Oh, yeah. That's why they got in all that trouble. There you go. Yeah. Uh,
0: I agreed. I think Dr. Morbius was definitely one of the main characters. Um, and they they credit if you go like to the wiki page or you go to some of the um, Cisco Cisco and Ebert Cisco what is it
1: something in Ebert Cisco and Ebert Cisco and Ebert
0: yeah I read their review that was out and they credited lieutenants Jerry Farman and Doc Ostro those felt like bit characters to me they didn't really feel like main characters
1: I mean the Doctor I think is like a little bit of a of a more central character the lieutenant though is just I he was think. tossed away yeah he was kind of he was kind of Grapey, you yes.
0: know? yeah. It's like you you know, I like, a corner. And I'm
2: like, mm, I don't know. Maybe it's just my modern sensibilities, but this couldn't have
1: been okay. Just, to he's a horny sailor. Leader. He's a horny sailor.
0: Yeah, yeah he's oh, yeah, he me Every frat boy that you didn't like in college, that you know, you got to watch your drinks around. He kind of gave me those.
2: And <laughs> <then> he <laughs> blocked the captain. The captain showed a little bit of interest like you got to stay away from that character because he's got like space herpes from like nine
1: planets like rewatching it I also found it interesting that the the first time they meet the the daughter Ulta or whatever her name is and all the dudes are like what's up and then even he does like the little like visual scanner and the guy on the other ends like hello which is a fun thing. <laughs> But and then Dr. Oh, yeah. Morbius is just like, mm, yes, yes. Something I should consider. Mm, yes. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, he's trying to trying to bang your daughter right over there behind that pillar. I don't can you can you turn around and see that now? All right, cool, man. And he's just like, mm, yes, yes,
0: yes. Uh, he was <clears throat> he was the definitely the the Dr. Morbius, the stereotypical egghead who was so far into the books. Cause I, you know, I went to grad school, I, I met some of them that they forgot the world existed outside of the library. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Um, so well, yeah.
2: well, your daughter's about to get railed behind the plants. <laughs> 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 with Rob, with Robbie going, Would you like me to materialize a condom? <laughs> 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 okay.
0: so, can we talk about how jealous I, I was watching this and sending real time commentary to Nick? And I'm like, The scene where the cook asks for the booze. From Robbie, oh, the yeah. Rob, sixty gallons of Kentucky yeah, bourbon. So, I'm yeah. like, can we get Robbie here? Like, I'll split it with you. I'll, I'll pay to ship the shit to you if I get half. Oh, hell, yeah. Holy crap! Like, it only takes you thirty minutes to like make sixty gallons of sixty year old bourbon. He's just pumping it out. <laughs> yeah. It out.
1: I'm just oh my god! Imagine like a panel opens up and he's just spewing it. At sixty. Yeah, no, it
0: came <laughs> out in bottles. Even he matched the bottle that it came in.
1: Hey, yeah, the like guy didn't specify.
2: specify. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. I was expecting barrels, and he's just over there pulling a bender, just sh- shooting quart after quart in bottles.
0: <laughs> what, what surprised me is none of the bottles were broken when they had that scene where they stacked everything out there. Well, because it's the
2: 50s and they put space in front of everything, kind of like in today's movies, especially Marvel movies, everything's quantum and then they say what the word is. So, like, it was made out of space glass.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, it was definitely, the movie was definitely heavily influenced by the um, Atomic Age, because everything was atomic this and nuclear particles that. Um, so it was definitely, you know, you could you could see some of that. And there was some of the cheese with like the laser guns. Oh, yeah,
1: of course. But,
0: but I was thinking when I was analyzing the tactics, because I knew Nick and I were going to mention that when they were fighting the invisible monster, they had trigger discipline. And then yeah, I started I thinking, well, this is... This was filmed in fifty-six. I'd bet almost every one of the guys in that studio either served in career the second world war. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very possible.
0: Cause they just they sold it really well.
2: Yeah. They had interlocking fields of fires, they'd set up a kill sack.
0: In fact, you know, doing uh, we're, three to
2: five second bursts, you know. We're
0: gonna come to that because I clipped uh, I got some clips to show where we could show some of what we're talking about. But uh since we talked about who the main character was, what did you guys think of? Uh, Commander Adams, J.J. Nielsen, or Commander J.J. Adams, Leslie Nielsen, and Ulta. It's
2: A little bit of an age difference.
1: But... Yeah. Did they ever actually specify how old Ulta is? I think she was like a teen, no. like
2: eighteen. I think. Yeah, she said she was like seventeen or eighteen. Years. Okay, we're just,
1: just just, like we're just cycle.
5: gonna say oh,
2: no.
1: she's eighteen like that.
0: that way. No, no, no. Hold up, hold up. They did because okay. the the county. It took them because I, I made a note of this. It took them twenty years to get there. Like they're out there. Something bad happens. Oh no! We'll send help. Oh, twenty cool. years later. So, so she's if they at really least 19.
1: Help,
0: yeah, because we don't know how soon the mom died. But the mom she died said a couple healthy. months
1: after the the other. Yeah, she, died. she'd
0: be nineteen or twenty. 19. She was
1: nineteen. So was you googled 19.
0: it. Thank you. I heard it. But um,
2: no one's yeah. going to jail over it.
0: <laughs> well, she's an adult now.
2: Space jail. <laughs> Space jail. Quantum yeah. <laughs> atomic jail. That sounds
0: horrible.
2: Uh, oh, no, microwave jail.
0: All right. So, normally we would play a commercial, people, but since uh, we're working in conjunction with Upstreet Reviews, we, uh, are, the Upstream, we are the commercial. So, at uh, you know, enjoy this commercial interlude. Okay, we're back. Uh, and if you were listening to it on audio, you, you did actually get a commercial, and we appreciate your patronage. Hopefully, you didn't fast forward through it. Blue blue. <laughs> all right so uh since we were talking about the tactics let me pull that scene up um, i've got it just a second and i will link to what's that
1: oh <laughs> a, pew
4: pew <laughs>
0: yeah so it's a uh, clip two and i will link this in the show notes where we got the clips if you want to watch it dear listener
4: boson hi aye, aye, sir i want a clear field of fire in all directions hi sir randall sir how soon will radar be operational operating right now sir. good you keep right on it yourself hi aye, aye, sir NA alert is completed. Aye aye, sir. Fine. Activate main batteries. Alarm for test. Fire. lieutenant you got your trouble squad in hand yes they're in hand but they're a little trigger happy
5: they're sort of edgy to see whatever's out there
4: jerry look this may be a big deal coming up all
0: right so i paused it because you could see where like the the setting was a little bit hokey as far as like the lasers was literally just two two four dots on a quad mount um but they interlocked their fields of fire. I mean, we could keep going if you guys, if you want to show more of the fight scene. Um, Cause I think it's worth watching, but it's just a four minute clip. It's up to you I guys. Like they,
2: they were all fighting in slacks, which did nothing for Leslie's ass.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw Stabby in the background. She was off screen. So she didn't think we noticed, but she had a little bit of drool coming there on her, on her lip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, we know what your next cosplay request is going to be.
3: Robbie, the robot. Hell yeah. She had a thing
2: for Robbie. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna be the smallest Robbie the robot because I'm only five seven, so I'm gonna be like he laid up. Making, I got little legs.
3: <laughs> he was making whiskey, diamonds, emeralds, and clothes.
0: And space well, he, diamonds. And, space and carrying diamonds. lead. And carrying <laughs> lead. All right, so I'm gonna jump to the to the battle so you can see what we're talking about. Cause I was impressed with uh with that. It is
4: clip four. What is it, Randall? Sir, radar just picked up something. Where away? At the head of the arroyo. Moving? This way, sir, slowly. Automatic control. Batteries, fire. Nothing. Batteries. Fire. Grab Dead on target, sir. Good. Give me audio, Carl. Aye, aye, sir. Now, um, attention. This may have been a rooster. Divert us from some other part of the perimeter. You men will continue watching on your own immediate fronts. That is all. Are you sure you've got a real blip there? Big as a house, sir. And we were dead on target with both bursts. It's coming on again. Straight across? It shows here.
5: It's still coming! Great. Strong. Set up a crossfire on those rocks.
0: All right, first off, the the spacing was good, although they pulled everyone because there was only 18 man crew, so they had to have pulled everyone from the back once they faced it. But I know they wanted to make the crew look bigger, so I'll, I'll give them credit there. And um yeah, so I, I was impressed. I counted three to five round bursts. I yeah, thought the, yeah, I thought the tactics were impressive. Uh, and, and we got to forgive the guy that committed suicide that the third one to die. Uh, he just found out from doc that he had space herpes and it was incurable. <laughs> He's like, I can't take the penicillin anymore, doc. I don't I like where the, you see
2: it. I got the space black gonorrhea from Saturian six. <laughs> Harry, Harry didn't make it. I thought it was funny. He's
0: like, Harry don't. He's like, ah, Leroy
2: Jenkins.
0: Yeah. That was the only <laughs> I, I they wanted it to be a little bit more dramatic. I, I liked you know the the extras that were the crew just looked bored. But I mean if yeah. you're a professional and you're seasoned, you you kind of give off that air because you fake it, right? Like you fake it till you yeah. make it.
3: He didn't want that peanut butter mm. shot again.
0: Oof. Yeah, no, he did not. Yeah. He said, I'll just let the thing kill me. Uh the Shit. one thing I will say is the guy that died, Harry, he was uh he was strafing it was like more like it was a flamethrower.
1: Yeah. He probably wasn't told how the effect was going to work and so he was just like Yeah, just right,
2: well, well, do what I did in Korea. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's what I wondered if he was a flamethrower uh cuz there's there was um you know a lot of um ser- well everyone served, so you know Hollywood is full of vets.
2: I can see that because of how the weapon is shaped it does look like Yeah. a flamethrower. Flame back in the day. Yeah. So he's probably like, "Oh, looks like a flamethrower." Effects I probably wonder-
0: you, you gotta wonder if that was just a flashback when he charged forward. He's like, I got the flamethrower, I'll take him out.
1: <laughs> it wasn't even in the script.
0: It wasn't like yes. yeah. Some of the I best uh blowtorch. Yeah. <laughs> some of his uh some of the best Hollywood moments were ones where the actor had just had enough and it was off script, like the Indiana Jones when he just shot the guy who was waving his swords.
2: Yeah. He had diarrhea that day. Yeah.
0: He was, he was <laughs> He had space tacos, Nick. What did you expect to happen?
2: That, pretty much. Flamethrower <laughs> on the other end. <laughs> He's like, I can't take the sensation anymore. Harry Jenkins.
0: That's probably his last name unscripted. He he was- yeah. He was Harry uh, Leroy Jenkins' grandfather. Yeah. Harold. We just did Spiritually, if nothing else. Harold Jenkins. Um, so, what did you think of the uh, of the planet itself? Because I felt like that was, you know, almost like a secondary character the way it was portrayed. Yeah, the environment. So let me show you. So I'm going to put it on the screen. Um, that is Utah. <laughs> is this where this was filmed?
2: No, but that backdrop that is Utah. They may have added oh. a couple of mountain <laughs> features in there, but that looks like Utah. Like if
0: this was actually a um, close,
2: like
0: yeah, it was a dior- diorama, but it was a pretty big one. I, I the ship I liked that they well one they don't have any writing on the ship I feel like it should have some sort of marking, but I like that you know you think flying saucers you think Martians. like aliens, Martians whatever. Um, I wonder uh, can you Google for us, Stabby, if Marvin the Martian was out yet, the cartoon. Uh, But I like that they twisted that and made that our spaceship instead.
2: For aerodynamic reasons in space. Well, I think... Solar winds.
0: Yeah, I think the reason they do the saucer is because it it shows, oh, high tech, because it doesn't work for any of our understanding of physics. So because it seems impossible, that must mean it's science and future and stuff. Yeah.
1: It's also possible they just didn't have another thought for what a spaceship would look like.
0: Yeah, this is... the
3: first appearance was
2: 1948. 1948 for Marvin the Martian. And
0: his P31 space modulator. So maybe they did get inspired by Marvin the Martian.
2: Uh,
0: And if Elon sets up his space colony and the first kid there, born there, isn't named Marvin, missed opportunity. Absolutely. Definitely. But uh, but yeah, I, I like the uh, the environment. Felt real when you go when you see the 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 extent they would go for those scenes, like the the yeah. setting. That was impressive. I don't know that we do it that way anymore.
1: No, we do. we yeah, definitely
2: don't. No, it's all CGI and stuff. If they or can't find a perfect location or yeah. make it, they just create out yeah. of computer energy.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was it was impressive the setting. Uh, I definitely thought, and I this is in my notes, and I wanted to hear it because, you know, you, you were both a part of this org- uh, theoretical organization. But did anybody else, that drunken cook, get E4 Mafia vibes? Oh, hardcore. That was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like but not as
2: a cook. I'm just like, as like, oh, man, what a great night. Oh, shit. We got PT in,
0: like, an hour. <laughs> so the so defense – like, his yeah. defense – when he's getting tried for showing up drunk, was that he wasn't gone that long? And he's like, You know me, Captain, do you really think I'd get drunk that quick? Yeah. Like his defense yes. was I'm a bigger lunch than that. Yes. It's like,
2: bro, you've seen me party. I can't party that hard.
0: Uh so I remember when we were waiting to deploy for the first when we went to NO3 and we had a barracks party because it was just uh, like five of the E4s left. And so we like we just were we filled a 55 gallon trash can with our yeah. empties. And uh, the captain came in, and he's like, hey, Andy, what the hell's going on? It's like, did you invite people over? I'm like, no, this is just us. And he's looking at all the booze and he's looking at us, and we're still managing to stand upright. And he's like, uh, maybe see the medic? <laughs> <laughs> I got that vibe from this cook. Like, I thought that guy was okay. I'd party with him. Him and Doc
2: are probably really good friends, like getting hooked up with the early morning <laughs> IV. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We know. Uh, we've got a five-mile run. Doc, hook me up real quick.
0: Uh, him and that LT, you know, getting the other IV. Mister Mister Grapey. Yeah, but that guy's just full of penicillin. He's yeah. The
2: captain <laughs> Kirk of the
0: crew. Yeah, yeah. With all
3: the green ladies.
2: I'm glad he died. He's a he was a blue falcon, doing his captain dirty like that
0: yeah yeah so uh what did you guys think of the overall plot and I- i'll give you my summary i i thought it was essentially as a fundamentally a rescue mission gone wrong uh with a lot of suspense thrown in in the mysteries um it definitely kept the themes that i remember our teachers beating into our head about the tempest which was you know freedom empathy and forgiveness and nature versus nurture kind of stuff yeah um but i i got more of the question of like which okay and this is going to fit because Oppenheimer's been all over the news lately. Mm-hmm. But like, it's that you know, what would you do with ultimate power? Like, it gave you those vibes. And since this was so close to the actual dropping of those bombs, it makes sense that that would be because that was the question of like, if you had godlike powers, what would you do with them? Right, abuse them. Get...
2: Absolutely, one hundred
0: percent. I'd abuse them. I mean, <laughs> there's there's a list of people that that you got to handle. No, I'd be like Star-Lord,
2: you know, in Guardians 2. It's like, I'm going to make some really weird shit, you know. (laughs) I'm going to have a 20-foot statue of Pac-Man, a couple of Transformers, Voltron, Voltron that I can drive.
1: Otherwise, what's the point?
2: By myself, I don't need four other chumps.
0: But I will say that I felt like this movie was more than the sum of its individual parts. I think its value is in its totality. Because it was such a well put together story that moved along, although the <laughs> it had the predictable love story, like we mentioned with Altair and, and Commander Adams. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was just you know, oh, we met five minutes later. Clearly, we're in love, and we've got to get married and change our whole lives. It's like well, it every we're six, at maybe. the strip club.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's definitely a military man. Then it's like, of course, the stripper loves me.
0: She told me, bro. We're getting married next week. It was special with me.
1: The kid is definitely mine.
0: She didn't feel that way with anyone else.
2: He's got antennas (laughs) coming out of his head, but he's definitely mine.
0: (laughs) All right, so I'm going to pull up the clip so we can talk about some of the world building that uh, we can show some of the depth that they did. Um, So does everybody, like, do you think we showed the ship well enough? uh, Do you want me to show the video where we get the inside? No, I think we're good on the ship. All right, so I'm going to show the great machine, which is what they call the um, the Krell, which I thought was kind of cool and underplayed, but the, uh, the Krell machines. let clip three.
5: Gentlemen, would you care to see some more of the Krell wonders? Indeed, yes. yes. If you will, step in the shuttle car. Often the Krell technicians have ridden in this little vehicle. But now, Dr. Morbius, prepare your minds for a new scale of physical scientific values, gentlemen. Are you afraid?
0: want to go too long uh the clips that that were linked to in the show notes are a lot longer but um it gives you kind of the vibe are you afraid to look over this 20 mile drop no of course not we don't need handrails yeah completely safe
2: and that that's one of the scenes i was talking about where um the special effects were so cool and they were way outside of anybody else uh doing that in the 50s because it looked it didn't look like a map painting. Stuff was moving up and down, and you could tell that there was three people walking across that platform. I was like, man, did they build that? I want to know
0: how they did that. It was a creative use of angles is what I'm guessing, to add effect, but they still had to have some of it built. Yeah. But that was some stellar cinematography to make that work.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. I was very impressed by that. Uh, I think when I was watching, I texted you right at that scene. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the Star Wars of the 50s.
0: Yeah, I remember. You woke me up, ah, jerk face. Um, sleep? Who needs sleep? It's the sleep? middle of the day, dude. Look, all right, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. a booze was plenty full at that barbecue, all right? Don't uh, judge. It was flowing like the
2: streams of Capistrano. Yeah, <laughs> on Altair 4. On Altair
0: um, 4. Yeah, you know, I was trying to give Cookie's accent, but I just I couldn't nail it. He had like a little bit of southern twang meets redneck with a with a British posh thrown in. I don't know what the heck they were going for with that, but like formal redneck. I don't know. <laughs> the world. That's why they kicked him off the planet. They're <laughs> like his, his whole family was at war with itself.
1: <laughs> you have no space here. <laughs> He's like listen here, darling.
2: now you don't belong in space, Kentucky, no more. So you need to get it, you here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like those old commercials. Pass the jam and jelly. <laughs> oh my god. So good, the
2: marmalade. Marmalade, Space marmalade.
0: <laughs> you throw space in front of everything, it totally changes it. So uh, oh, yeah. what did you what did you think of the world building?
2: I thought it was pretty cool. Um you know it felt like they were isolated. Um the way they built the story up. So, so like it goes back to where we were talking about rescue mission gone wrong. Um, but if they would have just heated Morbius's warnings like, hey man, I'm not responsible for your for your crew, your ship you come down. Here. I'm just telling you it's it's lit, but not in a good way. <laughs> you know, any yeah. other captain would have been like, mmm, maybe I should do some more uh, decision making on this. You know? Well I mean guys
0: down there. The the issue is the communication was like he said, oh we'll have to take apart the ship to build the communication relay and then wait a month to send the signal and get back and like definitely If you're not going to be able to get instantaneous or near instantaneous comms, you've got to authorize your commanders more autonomy. And it sounded like the read was he was so hamstrung by his orders that he couldn't think on the field.
2: Yeah, and that's just going to get people killed like it did.
0: Yeah, Um, it did definitely have a lot of the stereotypical 1940s Navy vibe with everything. But like we talked about, given the era, probably there were plenty of those in the group. Um, and the studio in California, there are a few Navy bases out there in in California land. I can see one from my backyard. Yeah. Can you see Russia from your backyard though? So I will say, I I thought the costumes in the military uniform was believable. Like it didn't feel like anything was added on just for effect. Oh, this would be cool if we threw this on there.
1: It also wasn't like tinfoil suits, which was really nice to see
0: yeah, and it, it didn't feel like it was like it, it just felt fun. like they didn't have body armor like we would understand it today, but it, it didn't it hadn't been invented yet. And they specified that they were landing on an earth-like planet, so you can get away with not wearing like the spacesuits, yeah. the respirators, all of that. Uh, I did think it was kind of funny that, oh, we've got long range comms that are sent through the air, but for some reason, the microphone I got to speak to is on a cord attached to my waist.
2: Yeah, but it's like a nurse's ID card. Like, Like if he let go, that thing was just going to hit him in the nip.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's true. So maybe that was so he didn't lose it. Maybe that was why. Space quartermasters were like, now you see here, sailors, you've lost too many of these here space comms. Oh, uh,
2: Captain Adams was definitely not going to assign an officer for a flipple on a loss of a hand mic.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I, I definitely thought they sold the military. It didn't feel... Like, I don't know, sometimes you see these movies where they've got the the sailor E1, soldier E1, like telling off the colonel or the cat Like, no, 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 that's not how that works. In this one, like, they maintain discipline. In fact, the captain, by modern standards, is a little bit of a hard ass. He's yeah. like, oh, wow. you lost a pay because, you know, something you couldn't see snuck by you while you oh. were on duty." That dude was throwing
2: out NJP like it was nothing. Like, it was like the Oprah Winfrey show on that deck when he was doing that. And he's like, and you get a loss of pay, and you get a loss of pay. You you were asleep, all your pay gone. (laughs) I was off off shift, and he's like, I don't care. Happened by you.
0: I I actually expect... Yeah. <laughs> I expected him to pull out the whip and be like, you get 50 lashes, you get 50 lashes. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Space lashes. That doesn't get old. Um, no, I, I, I do, do feel that. like um, some of the clipped jargon that they used that wasn't really military definitely gave it that, you know, it's not quite the Navy you knew kind of vibe, which I like. Some of the some of the terms they threw out there.
2: The fact uh, that this they name, used
0: Parsecs correctly was amazing. I mean, we're looking at you, George Lucas, but um, it definitely felt lived in. What do you think? The ship and the uniforms?
2: Yeah. Those yeah. were definitely utilities that they were wearing.
0: Um, I, I did like the little logo. When you watch it in black and white, you can't really tell as much, but it's actually a shooting star uh, is kind of the logo. It looks like.
1: Oh, I don't uh, think I ever okay. noticed
0: that. Like a comet I, type of thing, and that's I just what the patch on the, the shoulders. On one of the
2: clips that you were showing, I was like, like a crescent moon with an orb and like a tail.
1: Is there yeah. is there rank the circle that's on their shoulder? Yes, and like the captain okay. has like a red inside of his to denote. And then
0: the the other color was the other officers, the lieutenants, yeah, and then the rank really and file. Either. The rank and file didn't have anything. the The two lieutenants, Osman and Jerry, were um, were different colored. And then everyone else had nothing. So if they had chiefs or, you know, any pay grade below officers, it wasn't denoted on the uniform. So. um, What's that? Oh, yeah. There were no red shirts. So you didn't know if you're going to die. Yeah, I did like that they did the uh, effectively the burial at sea, which you can see in the picture that's on the screen where they're like, you died here. We're going to bury you with the monsters here. (laughs) Like, it's... You'll it's have,
2: you're going to have company soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just a very Navy feel because they, you know, you don't have room to carry all of your dead necessarily, so you just bury them where they die, you throw them out to sea kind of thing. Like, they, they played it close to the Navy traditions more than, like, the Marine or the Army. Yeah. So, um, which gives them a pass for anything they messed up tactically, although I didn't see anything. Like, they kept their booger hooks off the bang stick so i mean i'm calling that a win
2: yeah good trigger discipline
0: yeah and they didn't flag their buddies which was also cool
1: yeah i noticed that too no i was watching for it it. although that isn't
0: even necessarily just the the military thing i mean it was just more of a hunting gun culture back then yeah true um so what did you think we talked about this a little bit nick what did you guys think of the cinematography like the use of cuts and uh, angles and such
2: I think it worked well as far as the pacing of the movie. Um, There's some really good transitions uh, to use an industry term. You no, know, I feel fancy, my little pipe, mm. but uh, mm, yeah, good transitions. <laughs> but uh, the cinematography is really good. Uh, the director and cinematographer were not afraid to use um, more dynamic angles. A lot of stuff was just like back in that time would be just off of right, off of left, you know. Uh, really no choices of doing like overhead shots or um, ant ant view shots, things like that. But they took a lot of – I think they took a lot of risk. Maybe they didn't. I I don't watch a whole lot of movies from the 50s, but this all seemed like stuff that we didn't start seeing until like decades later in film.
0: Yeah. What did you think about it, uh, Ortiz?
1: I mean I think kind of going off what Nick said, with the cameras being so large in that time – the, so much needed to be locked down, so much needed to be stationary, not to mention, again, you have a giant hopper on the back with all the film. So seeing any kind of movement, seeing any kind of dynamic shot is interesting when you think about it like that, right? Like the setup isn't just, hey, put the camera over there and we'll figure out the lights. Like it's a, it's an accomplishment to, to even do that and to see, let's just be honest, a pretty low brow considered movie trying to do something more creative and artistic is re- it's just really cool to see that and acknowledge that
0: so you're coming at it you've actually produced a couple short films ortiz so give us your expert opinion what was your thought i mean
1: um, just like the cinematography or just
0: yeah all of it i just realized hey i've actually watched movies he's produced huh maybe we should have mentioned that sooner
1: I mean, so again, like when you're, when you're working with digital, which is what everyone's shooting on now, right? It's a very different animal and everything's a lot more forgiving. When you're f- filming on film, your shot has to be perfect because the moment you push that button, you're wasting money. So that's why they lock cameras down. That's why things are just shot over this, sh- over the shoulder, shot over that shoulder, because if you screw something up, that's however many hundreds of dollars if not thousands depending on how long you were rolling for that you just wasted and you don't even get to see that until you're done like wow yeah there's no playback there's no hey let's go check the shot there's no director's monitor there is literally just is it good you're sure okay go <laughs> <laughs> and we'll find out in a couple days um yeah. when I was in oh, school man. we had to we did like a like film, um, and I remember the professor was like, "Yeah." And then if you're in the field and you need to reload, here's this black bag, and you shove the camera inside, and you just feel around till you reload. And you're like, "Okay, so I can't see what I'm doing, and I'm just trying to do this." And he's like, "Yeah, and don't let light in, otherwise you'll destroy all the film, and it's always <laughs> oh, this isn't oh, stressful no. at all. You're just sweating, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and then pers- we find out if it's bad until we send it away to get it developed. This one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then what was you if you accidentally load the the film you already shot and you just shoot over it?
1: Well that's actually a, a stylistic thing people would do that's how you get like the ghosting the mirroring and stuff um, oh yeah like film is is a whole weird animal um that we just don't even think about today because you pull out your fucking iPhone and you're just like dink all right now I turned it off and I had more cinematic power than. The entirety of Hollywood in 1956.
3: I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I use my two right?
1: fingers and I zoom. And. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: Dead <laughs> shot. Here we go. It's um,
3: funny because watching this movie, I was I was sitting there and. Just getting me into some movies is very difficult. 15 minutes in, if I'm not in it, I am on my phone playing a game. I am on my tablet reading something. I am everywhere but in that movie. And he started, I was like, oh, okay. And then after about 15 minutes, I'm like, no shit. Huh.
1: This is cool.
3: Where's my phone? I need to text JR. I like this. (laughs) <laughs> and it's funny because watching it you see the different angles and I had never thought about the different angles in filming or movies or anything actually until I saw um, one of the dumbest movies I've ever watched which was Halloween Resurrection and the guy is setting up all the cameras and she's like just stick them to the wall and he's like no you can't do that up here that's scary down here that's scary Straightforward boring. And I was like, why does that make sense? And now when I'm watching movies, I'm like, that's valid. That's valid. Because you see your your boogeyman from up here. That's pretty scary. You see your boogeyman from down here. That's pretty scary. That's, you know, up in your closet or down under your bed versus it just coming at you. just kind of like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, if you think about, like, uh, the original Psycho, most of the Norman Bates shots, especially in the scenes where he's just talking, the camera is down low, which is giving him this, this presence. It's giving him this, this threat. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's those weird little things that can kind of just enhance someone's viewing experience.
3: Well, even we just watched um, The New Insidious recently, which kind of circles you back to the og insidious and they show the red and black demon guy up in the corner of his room and you're like looking up at him holding onto the wall up there and you're like okay that was that was freaky how did i forget that and then you see when he's behind um the dad's mom's head but he's just off center like she's completely centered on the camera but he's just off center just enough to make you have to look over and realize that he's there and you're like oh okay i like that too so you know that definitely gives you a different way of viewing something scary you know like it kind of you're so used to looking straight at the movie, you're looking at the screen, you're watching face-to-face that when you have to kind of look to the left or you have to kind of look up on the screen to see that scary thing, it kind of makes you kind of, you know, definitely.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. And then you got to not only that, but you got the sound, right? Sound is the other thing that's going to make something scary, such as music.
3: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Some the sounds. Best. No. Horror, horror, horror sounds is two, two notes. notes. Two
0: horror notes. Da, 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 da. So, so, the way you guys have been echoing off each other, I realize normally you mute, but you didn't. And I, I can't tell if you're doing it on purpose for those effects with the horror movie tonight, or if that's Yes, too yes, 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 yes. No, since <laughs> it's, it's, we started talking about
2: aliens, my keyboard and my mouse somehow please, please, are elite please, please. so like when my mouse goes out my keyboard goes out and i can't use the hotkeys to turn the mic off and on so we're not talking about aliens or government governments anymore because apparently they're affecting my crap <laughs> and i don't like, hey, listen. like this mouse almost got thrown across the wall like five times tonight
0: <laughs> I think it had changed it out Three batteries. It definitely had it coming. So yeah, I like the cinematography. I thought it was was very well done. I thought the angles, it's like those paintings that you, you know, where you stare at and you're trying to see the hidden things in the painting kind of vibe. I think those are the kind of effects with angles they used in the shots, like the great machine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like that the doors were oddly shaped, like the triangles, to give the idea that these aliens, we don't know what they look like, but I'm picturing like Oompa Loompas, but like wider, like fatter. They're
2: obviously triangle shaped, like Doritos. Obviously. (laughs) No, but it's cool (laughs) because it's otherworldly because of how humans, you know, how we as humans have our doors. They're rectangles. Sometimes they have arches on them, you know, sometimes. But they have a triangle shaped door It doesn't make sense to us. I'm like, I'm going
0: to have to duck or like they they showed Leslie having to duck when he went through some of those doors.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if this movie was made today, they would have somehow shown us what the aliens look like, even if it was like a picture or artwork or something. I like Like,
0: the not knowing.
1: Yeah. I think that that makes it way more interesting and almost kind of, you talked about like the Tempest and you talked a little bit about the rescue mission gone wrong. I think a lot of the movie is also about like kind of like a poisoned gift, right? Like, that you have power but it is going to destroy you yeah. um yeah and i think that even like the daughter is kind of a poison gift in a way if you think about it right like oh. the captain's like what's up this is the best landing ever and then surprise it's not yeah,
2: yeah. I know, she was a space hoe no, i'm just kidding she was probably a very moral girl she just didn't have any interactions with men but she was definitely uh yeah, she was like a poison apple. You know, she was um, toxic to the dynamic by no fault of her own, other than just being female with a bunch of horny sailors. And,
3: uh, well, she'd never been around any, so she didn't know how to behave.
0: Her only pets were those leopards and the deer and we're Robbie. The leopard. Leopard. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: And how cool is the tiger? Yeah. <laughs> that just like, like, it's like, it doesn't recognize me anymore. It's like, how, how long were you and Captain Adams alone? Like, is your powers linked to your virginity? <laughs> because now you can't control Space Tiger. Space Tiger don't recognize you.
0: No, so I I think the power was linked to her dad, and as she started pulling away from her dad and recognizing the sort of evil of her dad, then his protection of her in this world started waning, and that's what we see the evolution of. That would be my take. Could be that, or Mobius is a dick. <laughs>
2: Like he's, they talk about, he's like, oh, my daughter's pulling away from me. Don't worry about that. I got you, baby girl. No I got a one. tiger. I got a tiger. <laughs> you I have a no tiger. tiger. Yeah. They we'll
3: talk about, you know, the monster is the it. Monster is it. It's the it. It's the id. It. This whole new generation will have no clue what that means. They're going to have to Google it because they don't teach really? that in school
0: anymore.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Can I, you I imagine if you. the monsters were the super ego?
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I took psychology. I recognize that term, but I'm wondering if you didn't seek out the like psychology 101 as just an elective. How many people would know that? Oh no. I had I was forced to take a psychology class. So
2: that's I am like the id, are they going to go with the super id and all that stuff too? All the all the Freudian
0: phrases. Freud had some issues. Like I, I feel like he needed to be on his own damn. No.
5: no.
2: Freud
0: <laughs> totally
1: normal.
5: <laughs>
2: Oh, The guy was trying to convince me every time I take a poop and get an erection that I think about my mom. It's like, come on, dude, <laughs> you need Wait, help. He Sometimes it's like, well, I mean, not all the time. Sometimes <laughs> a cigar <laughs> is just a cigar, bro. How <laughs>
3: you know He I mean, did a whole entire show on him, and that dude was everybody in
1: town? Of course, he was. Why wouldn't he? he definitely you see had that oh, yeah, that was
2: money, too. Yeah, Sigmund he was- Freud. He was like, mm, yeah, game. don't you want this? Yeah. I've got two wrong. You can call me. Daddy? <laughs> call me the daddy, Zavada. Maybe some schnitzel, yeah.
0: Uh, so this is the uh the movie poster. Um,
1: I know he's pointing it, it a gun in it. that far right corner, but it kind of looks like he's just like pointing at it, like, hey, that robot's got a girl.
2: Actually, it's kind of like <laughs> he checked out the works of Fred McLeod Wilcox.
0: Yeah, it's um, the poster was the the all I could find was so small on the pixel count, and I'm like, I don't know if it's worth showing, but it's not a lot of the ad copy survived, like I mentioned. And posters are part yeah. of the ad copy. This poster
1: also forward. makes makes Robbie look evil, and I don't appreciate that.
0: Robbie was just missing and on out like
1: eyes.
2: Like Robbie did not have eyes. He had like little solenoids and stuff like that going on,
1: spinning things. Yeah, it's like a typewriter in his face. So, yeah, the other thing is is they.
0: I don't know when um Isaac, Isaac Asimov came out with his iRobot with the rules for robots. Uh I'm curious which which came first. Uh well let's uh
3: the
1: chicken or the egg.
0: Let's let's, let's, let's uh, who 1950. Okay, so so, so 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 they beat it by six 40. uh okay. So yeah, they had the rules for robots in there with Robbie. Like he started spazzing out and like electrifying himself when he was ordered to hurt somebody yeah
2: he was he did mention his uh programming and it was a lot of Asimov's rules yeah you know i can't harm a human i can't un- enact and allow a human to be harmed you know it was all going around to like it, it was yeah, more the, rules of robotics
0: yeah the funny part was if you watch that when they were trying to when the lieutenants at the end scene were trying to get into because they realized that the doctor was the monster. Um, I've seen the monster and he is us, you know, the standard. Uh, when they were yeah. trying to get in, he's like, I have been ordered not to let anyone in during this time. And he goes, well, you can't stop us because you'd hurt us. And it's like the brain of the robots, like, trying to figure out, like. Uh, With what, which what, logic loop? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool that they, they added that in there. Because they could have just as easily skipped that. They could have had Altair come and let him in sooner.
2: Mm. And I don't want to assume that 1950s audiences were uh, uncultured or because mostly sci-fi and horror was made for kids, right? But this seemed right. like it was made for adults. Yeah. Um, so maybe they they picked up on that, I think.
1: Good.
0: Could be. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, I'd almost think it'd be cool if we could find a film history like professor of some sort, if those things exist, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to see their their take on the evolution of, of like sci-fi and fantasy in, in movies, because I just don't know enough. And that's the kind of stuff that, I mean you'd have to really dig into the stacks with the uh with the primary sources to even know. You'd also really have to thing. find the right
1: professor. Most of mine in film school were like, this is all crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, you because get a lot. Never, yeah. The pretentious jerk faces. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had a few of those. It's still bitter
2: because yeah. they never got picked up and made it big, you know. Yeah. So those that yeah. can't do teach.
1: Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they we had like a whole class about how like horror is just basically porn, and if you like Horror movies, then you're just like a degenerate. And all of us in class were like, "Oh, that's cool, man. That's good to know. Cool, man.
2: Hell yeah, we <laughs> meet on Thursdays, Prof."
1: And he's like, "Yeah, and westerns. It's all about the penis, don't you know? The six shooter is oh it's just like, okay, man. Oh, I like, uh, that. that's, why uh, when, that's why when Nick was like a cigar is just a cigar. I like laughed because I was like, yeah, it, it can be, man. Like it, it could just be a gun. It don't gotta be a phallus. Yeah, sometimes I mean, yeah, it's just gotta...
2: hard. I get it, but and it shoots a... stuff." <laughs>
0: I feel like <laughs> Sometimes you're just like, bro. I'm sorry, your wife doesn't love you anymore, but you you not <laughs> like, take it out okay. on us? No, no, uh, he, he, to the he hated Final the
2: Blasters of Blades podcast.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll this say it next morning.
2: Yeah, make. Remember, all hate mail goes to Stabby. Uh,
0: yeah, I I liked.
2: Well, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the film the film poster. <laughs> <laughs> the film poster didn't really do it for me. It didn't, it felt like more like it was just the uh who, what instead of actually trying to convince you of the, the movie.
1: It feels very yeah, 1950s. Like it, it does. Replace, replace notice... Robbie with uh sorry, Nick, replace Robbie oh, with no, the, go the, ahead, the man, thing from stop. um the day the earth stood still. What's that robot's name? That literally oh, the yeah, poster yeah. looks oh, like well, to me. Um, Gron? Grunk? Something like that, right?
2: Hold on. It's the, the hint is in the secret words from the medieval dead or ash versus the army of darkness
1: no that's just the that's just the code the names, phrase right? no 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 that's the that's like the okay, code phrase that? they have to say gort i just googled gort. it gort. Uh, stabby
0: you beat me to it because i saw you looking up I you Used like... google
2: i'm trying to use my actual my brain my flesh google wait that sounded bad, <laughs>
0: that did sound bad. Yeah. next on the robot hub uh. uh,
2: we're, Gat, to so uh <laughs> we're gonna have to put a disclaimer but, on this for sure.
0: Yeah, we do. So uh so overall, like what were your thoughts on the movie, Mike?
1: So yeah, as I mentioned, like I kind of grew up with it. Um it was one of my dad's favorite movies. So like we had a clamshell VHS of this thing. So that's yeah. how I grew up watching it. Yeah. Like a cardboard clamshell actually, like not even plastic. old um, school. And I remember the first time I saw it, it did scare me. But I, I also just think the the plot is just fascinating. Like the the concept that, spoilers everybody, uh, that the, spoilers, the villain is like the, the doctor's own brain, right? The monster is his own creation and ultimately his own downfall because it's like yeah. it, it killed all his friends. We don't know if it killed his wife. Like he's never clear about that. And then it's the big mystery of that movie. Yeah, by the end it's like going to kill his his only child. Um and he can't even like stop it really. it um, don't
2: give an f. It yeah, and I think
1: I think that's what, I've always thought that was really interesting and then the, the concept alone that he's like this super powerful alien race they kill themselves because of the same concept because of the the evil that lies within them. Right. You know, the 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 uncontrollable part of us that has Reven- you know is vindictive and wants revenge and um yeah like i just i i just thought that was like pfft, like when i first watched the movie as a kid and that stuck with me and you know multiple viewings yeah. over time is just it's just a neat concept and especially for the era i always thought it was really cool it really yeah. reminds me of basically an episode of star trek like the original star trek in, yeah. in the best ways like right you down to the out. That yeah, cast
2: and put exactly. him in red and right. put him in like, Star Trek uniforms and it would well, be seamless.
1: Right. Like the, It's the captain, the doctor, the lieutenant. He'd just be a guy that showed up for the episode. They're yeah. like, oh, we transferred Lieutenant Gorman Special here. Special guest the-
2: star. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah.
2: Tony Savala or something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. an actually real guy and he's really good. But that's the first name that came to my head for some reason. Um,
1: but yeah, and I, it definitely gives me that vibe where it's like these – it feels like Roddenberry liked this movie a lot and just was like – <laughs> I'm going to take some stuff from this.
2: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I think it's called sampling, according to the hip-hop community. Oh, We're going to sample this.
1: <laughs> so, I think that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's still just a really original movie. I think, it's still, I think it still holds up. Like, you know, you got to cool. give it a grain of salt because it's old, but it's yeah. not... It's not like you're sitting down to watch like a what is it, the Beast from Ten Thousand Fathoms, or like any of these other just schlocky, terrible sci-fi movies in that era. Yeah, like the uh, oh, the Giant Claw. If anyone's ever seen that,
0: yes,
2: I've seen them. Tarantula, uh, the Tingler. (laughs) Like who the hell's heard of the Tingler unless you're really into like horror docs? And I'm like, oh, I've never heard of that one. Let me check Let me check that movie down. So as far as Forbidden Planet, I thought I had seen it when JR was like, hey, we're going to review that. And I'm like, oh man, I've seen that like a hundred times. And then I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? I think this is the first time I've seen this. At 45 years old, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm like, so I, I went in there. I was like, man, once I realized, I'm like, either I'm losing my mind, which is possible, or I've never seen this movie. I've just been inundated with the imagery throughout the years as a sci-fi fan, which is totally possible um, but I sat back usually I'm half watching a movie and on my phone I don't know anybody else does this you you know I'm enjoying the hell out of it when I'm like face down all right let's get into it and that's how I felt like I felt like a little kid it was pretty cool and a lot of the stuff still holds up the storytelling held up the themes held up um, I was totally blown away by the special effects Probably yeah. because of, like, it's different than anything I've seen from that time. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, the wires on the space shuttle and like guys dressed like baked potatoes and things like that, and the monsters would suck. So it was really cool to watch this, and uh, it's definitely something I will rewatch. It definitely has rewatchability. Probably like once or twice a year. Like, you know what? I haven't seen in a while. Forbidden Planet. Throw that on there. So I thought it was a really cool movie. I enjoyed it. Um, it makes me wonder what else I had. I thought I've seen and I haven't seen that I need to visit.
0: Well, you heard it here first. We're going to review black hole. That was the other one uh, Ortiz recommended. And we'll have to have you back as, as yeah. our uh, resident film expert. Um, mostly it's just a cool title and we want people to be like, Oh, I know Ortiz. Let me buy all of his books. So I get the next one. It's totally biased on my end. Like it's totally like I got self. I mean, right. So as soon as the Disney thing showed up, I'm like, I'm thinking of new Disney. I'm like, Oh, this is going to suck ass. Oh, it's but so I've, different. But yeah, the
2: Disney the 70s is a lot different. 80s, I mean, everything you know, backwards from 2000, is Disney is pretty cool. You
0: know, all right. What did you think overall, Stabby? Hang
2: on.
3: Oh, mouth worked. I am a sucker for a flying saucer. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I am a sucker for a flying saucer. You did in... live in Vegas. Exactly. And it's funny because every time we do anything, aliens or space or whatever, we always bring that back into it is that I was born and raised in Vegas. A lot of our casinos before they were blown up and and some that are still standing look like flying saucers. We are constantly, you know, Area 51, Area 51. You know, we we are the like as much as Roswell wants to hold on to the whole alien thing, like Vegas kind of owns it.
1: Is that Alien Jerky Wait. Shop just outside?
2: Oh, that's the best jerky. Baker, you know it's, it, it's Baker. not <laughs>
1: Bakersfield. It's in Baker. It's not so
2: much that Yeah,
1: it's not so much
0: that Vegas owns the um the Alien thing. It's just the Mafia had bigger arms and guns than the people over in Roswell, so they just We're taking the aliens up. too. <laughs> We're taking well, the no, aliens. Because- Forget about
3: it. <laughs> you kind of you know there's there's parts of Wyoming that you're like. You have aliens, and then there's parts like Roswell, and you're like, "Mm, I got got aliens parts of Kansas.
2: Roswell is outside the Border Patrol Academy. Different Different type type of alien. (laughs)
3: But when you think about Vegas, everybody thinks, you know the strip, obviously, of course, but if you stay on that road, it takes you straight out of town and straight to the black mailbox. It takes you straight to where everybody thinks area 51 is. And so, you know, growing up there, you're like, yeah, totally makes sense. You watch Mars attacks. You're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. So, (laughs) you know, watching all of these horror movies growing up, you know, I'm like, yeah, aliens coming to Vegas totally makes sense. Just like, you know, in um, um, and of course, that's when my brain wants to shut down. Um, <laughs> zombies in Vegas.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I, Just the math. Head.
0: Yeah, um, the drugs.
3: Resident Evil. Oh,
0: gotcha. Resident Evil. Zombies Resident
3: in a box. Evil. What's that in that, the box that Schneider did? in las vegas like you're kind of sitting over there and they're like yeah that that makes total sense so growing up in that that desert that space you go you know you go camping out at red rock you go camping out at uh, lake mead and it looks like an alien planet you go to red rock you look like you're on mars everything is red it looks like you're on Mars. You can film a movie out there and say that it's you're on Mars and people will believe you're on Mars. You know, you have to like meet and it looks like every other, um, alien planet every anywhere. Cause it's just so desolate and just crazy mountains out there. So when it comes to, when we got to really got into forbidden planet, I was like, are we sure this wasn't shot just outside of Vegas? Cause that looks like our desert. Like I'm pretty sure if you go just past the NASCAR track, that's the
2: dunes. Other woman's prison?
3: No, the other way out. Uh, <laughs> towards Utah. <laughs> towards Utah. <laughs> so, I,
0: I will say my favorite Vegas was the Fallout version. Um something about the radiated parts. Just you know, I'm I'm just gonna Well before that out we there. were
3: known for aliens, we were known as Atomic City because we had the test site. Well, I mean, it's still
0: a test site. We just don't test those anymore, but that's all. That's the story. Officially, for officially um, I definitely got, sh- um, for this story, I got uh, Frankenstein vibes with Morbius, um, yeah. although less intentionally so, because, I mean, I don't think he knew what he was doing. It was just playing with tech he didn't understand. Um, so I, I definitely got some shades of that. Um I really liked it overall. It was it was definitely – the cool thing was because of when it was made, you could watch this with your kids and not worry that you're going to have to pause the movie to have uncomfortable conversations. They're not ready for because who knows what weird nonsense was thrown in there, you know? Like it was wholesome. Yeah, it's the cat behind you. It's okay. It's not the aliens. Um, I definitely like that we didn't see the crawl. I think that added something to it. Um, And I really liked, like we talked about some of the special effects, and I didn't think about this until I was going through the scenes that we were going to show and we decided not to do all of them. But they had the scene where they're hiding from the Morbius, uh, Captain Adams, um, John Adams. You notice the the presidential name? Yeah, Yeah, I caught that. Ra-Ra Americana and all that. Um, But you got John Adams, Morbius, and Altair hiding in the krell laboratory and when they're melting that door down which they made a point all throughout this is talking about how strong this space metal is yeah which you know you don't think about It's just like okay i get it space metal is strong uh and then suddenly this this monster from his in is melting it down like it was nothing and you watch it and it that was real special effects that was i've seen molten metal and that's what we were watching so i mean i'm just like that poor sound guy or whoever was doing that special effects. I'm like, dude, I can imagine he like burnt all the hair off his arms trying to manage that kind of thing. Like I was feeling, I was definitely feeling some sympathy for the, uh, for the production crew. Uh, and I will say in this movie, I really feel like they were the unsung heroes yeah. because of everything that happened. Like those production guys, they made everyone else look good. And, and when we yeah. talked about like Nick mentioned the special effects, <laughs> there's a special effect in the beginning when they're getting ready to land where they're like, okay, prepare for landing. And you get the impression it's going to be rough to cut through orbit. So their answer is rather than say, oh, we've got some sort of hand wavy or whatever, they stand in this little pod where it's almost like the uh, they're getting beamed aboard Star Trek style, but it's just a gravitational well that holds them in place. And then some of them, it's like the carnival ride where they're up against the flat wall yeah, and it holds them that way. So I thought, like, the, the attention to detail, even if they didn't understand, like, the solutions, they definitely saw problems, and they were attempting to explain it away.
2: Yeah, it was very creative in how they did it.
0: Yeah. I just um, believe it. Yeah, and, like, some of the modern solutions I've seen where, you know, okay, well, you want to get away with all those extra Gs? Well, they're in a floating tank of, uh, like, womb fluid. What is that? I'm drawing a blank. what Ambiotic that is Amionic fluid. There we go. Like, I've seen that as an exploration. This to me is definitely a cleaner version, and I'm digging, like, okay, just give me the gravitational rays.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like, it's a lot less messy. I, I like that they had that attention to detail, but you could still get the nostalgia from the World War II era Navy films like *Torah, Torah, Tora, and the like, because yeah. they still had the cartographers with the paper maps. Yeah. Like, uh, you do realize space is in three dimension right? Hey, do a so chart's bro? a
2: chart, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Technology fails you. Yeah, uh, and you see the like the sonar radar effect when they're all like faces pressed to the view screens. I don't know if they were channeling their inner radar, or if it was like we don't have the tech to make this look cool, so let's just hide it from view and imply he's doing the things.
4: Hey, whatever. So, like,
0: when, yeah, when NASA puts all those bugs on the space shuttle, I'm not convinced half of those do anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of them are just because they could charge us. You know They're laughing all the way to the bank. I got the impression some of what they were doing was just a sort of obfuscate. But overall, I think it was an amazing movie. Um, yeah. Definitely definitely rate this one high. And uh, like I said, I, I love that I could have watched this with my kids and not worried.
3: Yay. So that's all, always those a button, all those buttons are there for the same reason that there's always cones in the street, but you never see any construction. You have to spend the money, otherwise you don't get the money next year.
5: So you spend okay. that
3: extra money so that way you get the extra money next year. Because if you don't spend that extra money, they're gonna cut your budget and you don't well, you want don't wanna to do you that. don't
1: wanna lose that button money. That sweet, sweet yeah. button money.
3: You need that yeah. button money. He's He's like, back to the people. We're
0: totally gonna hook it to something next year, honest.
2: <laughs> with the next <laughs> year's button money. <laughs> with next year's button Remember money. that button we didn't have anything to? We built the thing that the button goes to now.
0: Exactly. What, is, what does it go to? It makes our coffee. It makes our
2: coffee. <laughs> it goes to
3: Mr. I was going to
1: say, knowing NASA, though, they'd probably be like, yeah, we can finally hook that button up to something. Did the spaceship fly with the button not working? Yeah. Well, then don't make it hook it up to anything, you idiot. Move on.
2: That's for anti-gravity.
3: It's when they're in space and they're like, our oxygen level is low. <laughs> Punch that button.
0: Maybe All right, it'll so- help. So because because it's a school night and uh and Ortiz has to, you know, do grown-up stuff, before we start wrapping this up, we have to ask you, if you could have enlisted into the United Planetary Cruiser C57 Delta, would you have flown with Captain Adams?
1: I mean, only if he was not gonna, you know, block me from hooking up with alien chicks. Like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how how much of a douche would you be if you were like, Yeah, what's up? But he's like, sorry, I'm the officer here. You get to stand over there back in line. <laughs> be like, can I at least have the robot make me a bunch of booze? They're like, no, get drunk. No. You,
0: you know, the know officers know. are like, know. You, you know, the officers hid all that hooch in their own like wall lockers and were like, we'll drink it when they're asleep.
1: You know, they're unloading the, the like transferring the foot lockers off. Someone's like, sir, your, your thing is really heavy. Don't ask questions, just move it off the ship. <laughs> it almost weighs like 60 gallons worth of bourbon. <laughs> Uh,
3: they,
2: it's mine. <laughs> yeah, if You want to hide your stuff? The XO's con Nobody looks in there. I know because I was the XO.
0: Um, we had other ideas. I mean, Statue of limitations is definitely freed. So like when we were at the, uh, C- the Iraqis version of the CIA prison, I don't even remember where the town was. I just remember we had to man the walls because they charged it that one time. Uh, that was fun. But uh, while we were there, like I work construction to pay for my degree. So when you've got rubble piles, you don't have to get all of the rubble. You just got to pull the right stones, and a lot of it will fall on its own. It's called physics or geography or something. I don't know. Science. Space. Space space, space rocks.
2: Um, yeah, atomic science, G.
0: Right. And so we cleared the other part of the prison that they were using for secure facilities because you've got to have, like, your, com- your comms and your weapons locked up. So each jail cell was one layer, then the the lock to the the rack, all that stuff. So it was it was easy out for them to secure stuff, but they didn't go to the other side. And so we freed it and we were exploring around and we're finding like actual gold bricks, gold-plated AK-47s, gold-plated RPGs. And I'm looking at my squad leader, uh, well, the one that was rolling with that trip, and he was a NOM guy. And he's like, you know, this is a sweet, sweet retirement. And I'm like, I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking, Staff Sergeant. And we're looking at it and I'm like... I bet we could get this through customs. And he's like, tell me what your idea was. I'm saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying our supply sergeant could be bribed, but if we open a hole in the bottom of the gas tank, stick everything in there and seal it back up, we can smuggle it across the border. In <laughs> the U.S. Of oh. course, that was, that was the moment where the MP showed up and said, thank you for finding this. Here's your Army Achievement Medal. Bastards.
2: What you do is you label it as a uh, historical finding when you they put it on the plated context. RPG. Yeah. yeah, And they can't search it because if you say that it's a, it's a finding of historical significance, they'll leave it alone.
0: No, because then they'd have stolen it for the British Museum.
2: No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no.
0: But, you XO's know, I got the
2: tricks, baby. Exo's got the I, tricks. I got.
0: I would have been, been in trouble because you know I would have fired the RPG at a mountain just because I had it and it was there and why not? And they're going to be like, huh, where'd that come from? Oops. You're like Uncle
2: Rico with the steak from, uh, what's that movie? Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. But it's a rocket launcher. I bet you could fire that rocket launcher over that mountain. <laughs> okay, Uncle Rico. <laughs> that would, I'd do it. I'd do it. If you going right, Gustav for style.
0: All right, so Stabby, would you enlist in the uh, United Planetary Naval Forces? Just talk.
3: Absolutely. Not I'd be the only <laughs> female on that
2: ship, that's oh.
1: true. true.
0: That could have been good or bad depending on your perspective. <laughs> no.
2: Talk about being a barracks bunny. I,
3: I
0: could
3: not be an alta in that case. I'm sorry.
0: No, I mean, oh, she kind of had a robot. You get a tiger, well, no, because he killed the yeah. tiger.
1: see that's really what it was everything was fine and he's just like oh yeah no the tiger didn't know who you were anymore I better shoot this
2: (laughs) uh, according to Freud the the tiger represents sexual frustration in the female the pent upness (laughs) the ferocity of the sexual (laughs) nature
3: but think about it all of you guys could join up and it'll be fine you're spending nine years in space
2: well yeah it'd be like atomic space prison any port in a storm
3: Yeah. That's what Cookie said. You put me on that ship. That's a whole different conversation. I'm having to freaking lock my freaking door with 12 locks every night and sit there with a gun.
2: Oh, Cookie licked his lips and was like ready to put a ring on Robbie as soon as he brought out the booze.
0: (laughs) He's like, oh, I'll hook you up with whatever lube you want, sir. He's like, I'll treat oh, you right, baby. Anything you I, want.
1: I, I was thinking he was more just like, oh, you have holes? Let's let's talk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> every, every military person is like, yeah, you give me a rubber band and like, <clears throat> sticks, I'm going to make something that's going to work for me.
3: I'm just saying that everybody assumed that Alta was a virgin. Okay, but Robbie okay, okay. could make diamonds, emeralds, bourbon. You think he wasn't making...
0: Toys. Well, there okay. went our family-friendly rating. What GI Jos and okay.
2: Barbies?
0: <laughs> this is for, for yo, yo, yo. Barbie's with Ken. Space Barbies. Um, Barbie yeah. I, I was okay. speaking of the United Planet of uh, United Planets Federation. I was surprised UN existed. They didn't go with that, or the League of Nations, even. League of Planetary Nations. They went with we just United and threw that in there. I thought it was kind of interesting. Oh, and, was, I think 19- the
1: UN six. turned them down. And Wait, the, League
2: went, uh, the League of Nations went. League of Nations was not a thing in '56.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking for names, like you could have gone with existing. Like it was in the consciousness.
1: Yeah, I, I nice. know that that some movie. I'm trying to remember. I think I think it was a Hitchcock movie. Tried to use the UN, and the UN was like absolutely not. Like, don't. No, like, Leave I don't us think, yeah, I think they 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 were not keen on being involved in film projects or even by name. So I wonder if they just didn't want to mess with that can of worms.
2: Well, and we're Fair. talking about the mid fifties. I'm surprised it wasn't like ultra, you know, Star Striped Eagles, and Americana, like the United yeah. States of Space.
1: You know, like a the anti communist United Eagle ship. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: would have fit in 1956. it would have been like, and the ship was called a freedom like Freedom. And I'm going to need
1: a
0: few moments.
2: I would have run around in
0: the McCarthy. What? <laughs> the US, <laughs> U.S. U.S. gave us the freedom boner and we might need a minute.
2: Uh we're gonna freedom right so hard. Here. We're gonna so, uh, the hell out of it.
0: <laughs> and who knows, we might find oil. Um
2: <laughs> space oil. Space oil. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying that theme. I'm this is gonna go for at least another couple episodes where I'm using
0: space. We apologize oil. for nothing. Apologize <laughs> for nothing. So uh so Nick, are you enlisting? You're going to serve with J.J. Adams? Damn right. I'm going to be a 99
2: X-Ray. That is a um, whatever that ship's called Space Gunner. I'm going to be sitting there on a bench seat, and I'm going to have, like, their version of a 50 cal, so it's going to be bigger little pew-pews coming out of the end of it. It won't look like a flamethrower. It'll look like Ma Deuce, and I'll just be out there just gunning aliens. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. Absolutely. What's up, big?
3: Sounds so, like, chewy.
2: It's a yeah, I'll be the Chewbacca man. of this ship. <laughs>
0: Uh, I was I was expecting a different answer from you, sir. I, as a former officer, I thought, no, i was going to kick his butt, take over, and assume command. Like, I can't
2: do that as a door gunner? Come on. <laughs> Come
0: I, I, I don't know. Do you even I watch sci-fi, bro? <laughs> yeah. I, I would definitely <laughs> uh, give it a shot. I, I, I thought about it when Space Force opened up, and I'm like, you know, by the time they're doing anything cool, I'll be too old, so I guess I'll pass. Have you
3: seen?
0: The symbol for uh, Space Force. Yeah, it's It's the the Federation Federation. symbol. Yeah. Yeah. But the Federation took from uh, NASA. So, I mean, it's all big circle jerk.
2: I want to be a Mako trooper. So, for those of you that watched Enterprise.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I I, I would definitely do it. I liked the world. I felt like there was more to come back to. I'm curious if there was any written fiction in this
1: world, but probably not. There was a novelization of the movie, so that might have incorporated more elements.
2: Hmm. Do you know when that was mm-hmm. released? Would be easier to track down. I, like don't. To read that. I
1: don't. I don't. We could probably I would... look it up, though.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll. we'll go- I'll Google it, or my my lovely stabby stab here will Google it after she pulls the knife. Here's out. our Vanna White. She's our. She's our Darcy, the male girl. Vanna. Actually, she's none of those things. She's Marissa, the stabby stab.
0: Um. So there is a movie, or the, the book was written by W. J. Stewart and Stewart. Uh, came out in sixty seven.
1: Okay, wow, that's um, way later.
0: Yeah, there's a new movie out called Forbidden Planet. I wonder if it's a re just a reuse of the title, or if it's a re
1: better not be a remake. I feel like yep. if you're going to remake this movie, you got to remake it with like the same amount of effort and quality that was put into this one.
0: Like you got
2: to give it the Dune treatment. Because yes. that's how I kind of felt that planet was. It was very sand-like. Keep the earthworms out of it so there's no confusion, confusion on it. But like, have them have the shamog while they're going through to Morbius's place, and you know, keep the, keep Robbie the same. That would be epic.
0: <laughs> yes. you, do a,
2: you do a remake and Robbie's still the same, and he's like, "Would you like space diamonds or a star
1: sapphire?" I I'm kind
0: of curious like what a remake. star <laughs> sapphire looks like though now.
1: It's like I, it's I, like a space I, fire, but you know better. More, but <laughs> star,
0: those take three days to crystallize. But he can yeah, make a,
1: gonna, yeah.
2: His it, diamonds, like the, the the most precious things we know on Earth, is like yeah, I can make those in like a couple of minutes. It's gonna take me a couple of days to make a starfire, but this this stuff, nah, I'm twenty minutes tops. So I'll just will be blinging out, girl. I got you.
1: <laughs> he's, he's like. Is he stitching these gowns? I just want to know this visual. Is he in the corner like a sweatshop? Like
2: are there little Robbies inside him? Like, like <laughs> in they're in there like, a, yeah. in there like a sweatshop just sewing this shit?
0: Oh my God! No. So, so one of our uh, film planning ideas that we got to look into the legality of, uh, Ortiz, and we'll have to have you back if we ever make it happen. It's like our very own version of um, mystery science theater, where we can like tell these jokes as we're watching classic uh, sci-fi sure. horror.
2: I got a Fair. brilliant idea. We take MST3K and the Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, and merge them together.
0: Okay. So now and, I got to uh,
2: introduce you to Joe Bob Briggs, which I'm going to do. Because I don't watch it for the horror movies that he's watching. I watch for the commentary in between. Because it's kind of like I don't know. Did you ever watch Elvira when you were a kid? I did. You know. So she would play her. You know, the movie Macabre. She'd have her movie of the week or whatever, and then it would stop where the commercials would be, and she would talk about the movie. Joe Bob does that. I love his intros because he's like he has this segment. He's like, "All right, let's get down to the basics. All right, uh, four breasts, three murders. This he starts running down the statistics. He's like, "All right, then you got." kung fu fu you got gun foo you got samurai foo you got stuck in the eye foo you got chainsaw food you know Fry <laughs> in Academy of New four and then he starts listing the actors in there and he's like and then at the end he finishes it off with three out of four stars Joe Bob says check that
0: <laughs> that um that was so we were talking about what how are we gonna like script some of these newer episodes and we realized when it was just the three of us, uh, and you work too, because you're a veteran, so you're irreverent as the rest of us. But like, it was like, what made the Indiana Jones one other than the fact that it was timely? What made it hit where all of the others? Like it tripled our our view count, right? And uh, and Nick was like, it's just because we were irreverent and we just didn't like we just BS?" I'm you like, "Okay, right. Right. yeah, shot from the hip." So uh, we we, uh, we we got to do a John Wayne style and shoot from the hip.
2: Yeah. That's right, because when you do scripted, it gets boring. People can anticipate what you're going to do. It's like, oh, it's another episode of this. So they're going to, I can do your intro and your outro, and I know exactly what questions you're going to ask and the order in which you're going to ask them. When we do that stuff, it's like, what script? Let's go.
0: What's that uh, old? No, yeah, that F it. will do it live. it. We'll do it live, baby. That was from a movie. I just can't remember which one.
2: I don't know. I heard it in the army and it was some yeah. crusty e seven that like fought nine fricking wars from like 1783.
0: I actually, saw you know? so my platoon and I know we got to wrap it up for our but my platoon sergeant, when I was in, he had put, he did it and he did three tours in Nam. He got out and then he had that realization. A lot of us have and like, Holy shnikey. I'd be retiring right now. So he went into the guard and then he did he more. Actually, he fought in the, he should be in a museum. Well, this, I, I was there in the early war, so this was 05, but he put his 30 in the week we got our mobilization orders, uh, and, and they're like, no, Sarge, you're not you're not done yet. And even though he was a first sergeant, they sent him back as an E7 because that's what they needed. He got the pay and none of the responsibility, so I'd say he won that round.
2: Yeah, that's um, right. No.
0: But he had on his dress uniform... For the for the we got dismissed from the war ceremonies they did he had like he had to move his rank insignia up a little bit so he had room for his combat stripes like holy Jesus Should've kid it's some. a hobby like find a lady or something slow it
2: down there Gunny Highway save some murder for the rest of us <laughs> right <laughs> so anyway
0: I don't know why I went on this it's all Ortiz's fault because he won't be here next week so. Uh, speaking of Ortiz, what are you writing now? What's uh, what's on your docket?
1: I mean, right now it's just good old rewrites for uh, for Pegasus Child. So, the best part of writing is rewriting. It's so much fun. Yeah.
0: yeah, I really did like it though, people. Um, I liked it enough that I've already written my review. So once he polishes up the prose and throws a cover on that bad boy, you'll get to read my thoughts because it was it was like Murder Barbie turned up to eleven.
2: Nice. I love Murder Barbie.
0: So we're going to call I'm her gonna... Murder Oppenheimer Barbie. There we go. Topical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See what I did there, Nick? That's what we call topical in the biz. Topical cream. Uh, yes. No, that's what's the cook needed. And Harry. Poor Harry. Yeah, topical
1: bourbon. Oh. No, Harry, Harry got it sorted out. He had a giant monster take care of the, the chlamydia <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't
0: <laughs> worry about it ever again. Space herpes! Uh, space no, he herpes. was in a space ghost. That's what he became. Um... And if you know, you know. All right. So where can listeners and viewers find you on the wild, wild interwebs there, Ortiz? And we'll link in the show notes.
1: Uh, So, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at at, uh, dawnwarduniverse.com. Well, not .com, but at dawnwarduniverse. And then on Facebook, also at dawnwarduniverse. And then on good old uh, Amazon Kindle under MD Ortiz.
0: All right. So, uh, you can, we appreciate that. And, um, as we always say, a dear listener to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms, your reviews, help the right readers, find the right books. And in this case movies, uh, we appreciate your patronage, your viewership. Uh, we're going to be doing some more of these retro reviews. We might even do some more of the modern ones. So, uh, reach out to us. A madam stabby will be linked in the, what is that link tree? So you can reach out if you've got horror suggestions, because she vets all of our horror projects, she is the horror aficionado. Because if you say that wrong, it comes out like Nick's gonna have to kill me, and then I just don't—I don't feel like dying today. I'm just saying. But uh, so we're going to be doing some more of these movie reviews just because they were fun. Um, you can find us on our link tree at Linktree at l i n k t r dot e backslash a blasters and blades podcast where we link to all the things, bit shoot, rumble, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at Twitter, we are at SF underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group where all the shenanigans happen at backslash groups, backslash blasters and podcast. Uh, you can comment there, and I guarantee you that we can drag uh, Ortiz into the room and make him answer you if you've got questions. Uh, you can check out his Donward stuff, which I will link to, all those movies we mentioned. You can judge what kind of a whiz he is behind the camera because you don't know it, but he actually filmed it all himself. And he did the sound and the special effects, and he was his own stuntman. He was just That's a right. multi he was just a, he was a phenom. Um and you can find us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters TAC and tack blades again. Anchor.fm. Backslash blasters, dash and dash blades, where you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help keep the lights on. And uh you could support the show more directly if you so prefer at buymeacoffee.com backslash author JR Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author JR Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section. that It is for the podcast, and I will promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Saska and Nick Garber, duly entertained. They will learn all the things about cigars and being just cigars and guns being just guns. That's code for we're going to smoke and drink and shoot things. Um, but with that being said, pew, pew. Yes. Uh, with that being said, thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love, nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. And we're out, sort of. Wait for it.